Hello, this is Dan Jones with another Quiet Talk. This is number 33, and I pray it's a blessing to you. Last week's talk was called Having a Baby in Babylon and was based on Micah 4.10, which says, Writhe in agony, daughter Zion, like a woman in labor. For now you must leave the city to camp in the open field. You will go to Babylon. There you will be rescued. There the Lord will redeem you out of the hand of your enemies. We talked about the need for the church today to agonize in prayer for a new spiritual awakening like a woman agonizes in childbirth. If you haven't heard it, I urge you to listen to that talk. Now, I promised last week that we would talk this time about Babylon, what the significance of that is for us, especially the statement of the prophet, you will go to Babylon and there you will be rescued. Now, if it were up to me, we wouldn't go to Babylon in the first place, and so we wouldn't need any rescuing. But Babylon became inevitable for the kingdom of Judah, and I believe it is inevitable for us today. Actually, I believe that we all we are already in Babylon, and we will only be delivered if we begin to pray with a holy passion, if we agonize in prayer. The ancient city to which the exiles of Judah were carried off was obviously a pagan city. It was the capital of the greatest empire of the day, and perhaps the largest city ever in population up till that time. They worshipped false gods. In the New Testament, the word Babylon became kind of a code word for the pagan world under the dominion of Satan. Revelation 17 and 18 are the main focal points here. Babylon is called the great prostitute with whom the kings of the earth commit fornication. Peter mentions Babylon in 1 Peter 5.13, where it is evidently code for Rome, which was the pagan capital of the Western world at that time. We once thought of America as a Christian nation, and you can debate that, but what I think is obvious is that we are certainly not a Christian nation today. There is more Babylon in our country than Jerusalem And that's for sure. So, being in Babylon as we are, we are called upon by Micah, as we have already seen, to travail in prayer for deliverance, like a woman in childbirth. That deliverance from Babylon is another way of saying we need a spiritual awakening. Today, I want to briefly talk about some famous characters who lived holy lives in Babylon. Their names are Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. For some reason, we remember the last three by the names they were given by the Babylonians, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, perhaps because those are the names they are called in the chapter they figure prominently in, which is Daniel chapter 3. 
Now, these four men of Judah were among the very few in the Bible of whom nothing negative is ever said. They were clearly very godly individuals. Let me say in passing that their presence in Babylon points up the fact that the righteous suffer along with the wicked when the wicked are judged. Don't ever say that your choices don't affect anybody but you. We are connected inextricably, and when I sin, even in secret, my sin touches others. It's the way life is ordered, whether anybody likes it or not. I once heard someone say that a certain minister's marital choices were none of anybody's business. According to God's word, yes, they are. So these godly Israelites find themselves taken captive and transported against their wills to this pagan city where they're trained for service in the court of Babylon. Part of their training was to feed them on a Babylonian diet. It turns out that eating this diet involved violating the dietary codes of the law of Moses. The Bible says that Daniel purposed in his heart that he would never defile himself with food and wine furnished by the king of Babylon. But of instead of acting self-righteous and telling the king's service to go throw their filthy, unclean food in the Euphrates, Daniel thought of an alternative that he requested be carried out. He asked if they could test him and his friends for 10 days and let them eat only vegetables and water. Then, at the end of that time, see if they don't look as healthy and strong as the others who were on the Babylonian diet. It worked. At the end of 10 days, they looked healthier than the others who didn't follow their strict Jewish diet. So Daniel and his friends were able to maintain their spiritual integrity without causing a big problem. But things didn't stay that way. You probably know the story of Daniel's three friends who refused to worship an image that Nebuchadnezzar set up. They were sentenced to be thrown into a very hot furnace where they would obviously be burned alive. When confronted, they boldly said, We have no need to defend ourselves in this matter. Our God is able to deliver us from this furnace. But even if he doesn't do that, we will still not bow down to your idolatrous image. You know, there are a lot of churchgoers nowadays who think we should just try to blend in. Go along to get along. Don't make waves. Don't irritate anybody. These people try to pretend that that they just want to make peace, but the fact is they don't want to suffer for the name of Jesus Christ. And Jesus promised us that those who faithfully follow him will indeed suffer persecution. He said, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. My friends, Christians should stick out like a sore thumb in this evil Babylonian culture that we live in today. Jesus further said, 
for whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not ashamed, and they were not afraid. God delivered them from that furnace. When they came out, they didn't even smell like smoke. And the only thing that got burned were the ropes that they had been bound with. Perhaps even more famous than this incident is the story of Daniel and his refusal to stop praying to the one true God, the God of Israel. His enemies tricked Darius the Mede into passing a bogus law prohibiting all the subjects of the kingdom from praying to anybody but the king for 30 days, punishable by being thrown into a den of hungry lions. Now, Daniel could have pretended to go along and just prayed in secret. You know, go along to get along. But instead, he went to his room and opened up the windows where everybody could see him, and he prayed unashamedly to the God of Israel, the only true God. And the result was as expected. His enemies thought they had beaten him. He was thrown into the lion's den, but as you know, God delivered him. Now, you don't have to be that well-informed about church history and indeed about the careers of God's prophets to know that these kinds of miraculous deliverances from persecution are not the norm. As Jesus said to his adversaries, you are the sons of those who murdered the prophets. How can you escape the sentence of hell? Friend, what is your posture in this Babylon we live in? Are you prepared to stand up for Jesus Christ no matter what? Or will you go along to get along? Let me tell you that if you choose the latter, you choose judgment upon yourself. Paul said, if we deny him, he will deny us. The near future will be a time of sifting for those who profess to be Christians in this country. Many will wilt when the fires of the furnace are heated up. They will compromise. But thank God, there will be the Daniels who will not compromise, but who will stand strong for Christ and his gospel. I want to be in that number. Heavenly Father, give us the grace as we live in this wicked and evil time, Lord God. Give us the grace to stand for Jesus Christ without fear, to be willing to face death if necessary to give witness to Jesus Christ, the one who shed his blood to wash us from our sins, to deliver us from evil, and to write our names down in the book of life. Oh God, give us the grace to be faithful in this time. I pray you'll inspire your people, Lord, to be willing to stand for the gospel and not compromise. And I pray it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. My friend, please contact me if you wish at father.danjones at outlook.com. That's my email address. I'd love to hear from you. God bless you.